Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Imperfect Podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kennedy. Join us on this week's episode as we discuss intriguing topics and people of interest that will inspire us to explore all of the unique pieces of ourselves. We are all imperfectly perfect. We're We're glad glad you're here. here. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Podcast. Hi, everyone. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing someone I went to uh, high school with, a girl named Melissa. And even back in high school, I remember Melissa being part of so many activities. She was always the go-to person, and she always seemed to have a lot of connections. Yeah, Melissa has been recognized as one of BizBash's 15 over 50 in 2022 and has been in the event industry for 25 plus years in roles such as sales, marketing, and management for companies like Encore and Bespoke Audiovisual. She has also been a part of planning events for some pretty important people, including the Queen, and has supported product launches for the Olympics, Pan Am Games, and G20 events, to name a few. Yeah, she's a wife and a mom, a college teacher, an equestrian, and also a lover of shoes. (laughs) Melissa has such a positive attitude and a great outlook on life. We really look forward to chatting with her. Yeah, so here's Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hello. How are you? Very good. Thank you. It's been a long time since we talked. Oh my goodness. Yes. Although I was thinking it's probably been, well, I would guess it was pre-COVID. You and I last saw each other at our high school reunion. So at least I have that to reference. Other than that, I've been following you both on the podcast. So at least I get to see your smiling faces there. So (laughs) that's awesome. So why don't you tell us about you? What's your story? Who's Melissa and what your interests are? Holy smokes. When uh, you uh, prepped me for this with some of your questions, the first thing I thought was, wow, great questions. The second thing I thought was, oh my goodness, now I have to put my thinking cap on and come up with something <laughs> good. So people are interested because I know you got to capture them right off the hop. Oh, no. um, so let's see. Um, so Melissa Delorier, and the reason, I guess the biggest reason I follow you both is I'm from the little map dot that is known as Salisbury, New Brunswick. Um, and I don't hesitate to tell anybody that uh, I am an East Coaster. Although, funny story, I was actually born in Guelph, Ontario, while my father was doing his master's degree at the University of Guelph. Mm-hmm. And today, I live 20 minutes from that campus. So I, I guess saw... you can say I've kind of come for full circle in, yeah. in uh, yeah, what I do. Uh, but I grew up on the East Coast, so in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. I love it dearly. And when I went to high school in uh, Salisbury, I was very involved in student politics, events, all thing, all high school dances. Those were my big thing. I don't know. They still have those today. Like They do. Yeah. Mom, of- when mom was telling me um, just a little bit about you, because obviously you guys have that connection. She was starting to list off things you did in high school and she just went, you know what? She's basically what you were in high school, Kennedy. (laughs) 
<laughs> student council, grad uh, stuff. Anyway, yeah, yeah. No, that's what she described. <laughs> she ended up with the Berks Medal at graduation, actually. And I believe your father came up yeah. and congratulated her. That's afterwards. right. That's right. Yeah. Because my dad was quick to tell me all about you. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I still get, you know, my fingers on the pulse. What's going on down there? Who's yeah. doing what? And yeah. uh, it was nice to hear that that's you know, they're still giving out the Burps Medal, that there's still opportunities for folks to get involved. Because I think when you're involved in your community and you learn those skills, those are things that are going to carry you on through. Mm. And really, that's what it did for me, being involved in student council in 4-H um, high school. When I went, uh, you know, packed my bags and went off to university in Halifax, I went to Mount St. Vincent uh, to get my Bachelor of public relations degree. And I thought, okay, communications, marketing, this is where it's at for me. Although funny story, I changed my mind about what school I was going to four weeks before I graduated, much to my parents. Wow. I thought I was going to be a veterinarian, thought that's what my life calling was. And uh, I quickly went, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm not great in science. I mean, you probably remember that, Kathy. I wasn't. I no, I wasn't really great in anything. So I was like, oh my God, what am I thinking? And then I remember going to the guidance counselor's office saying, I think I want to do public relations. And Mr. Kavanaugh was like, um, you don't have any business courses. You don't know how to type. Uh, like, good luck, kiddo, and best <laughs> wishes. And I said, nope this is for me. And yeah. off I went and I actually completed that degree. And then when I finished, um, it was a recession, which I know we're all talking about that right now. Hey, that's coming down the pipe again. So when I graduated, it there, there really weren't a lot of job prospects, sadly. And I thought, okay, um, I can't see myself, one, writing press releases for the government for the rest of my life. I mean, I had done it a little bit, but it's not really my cup of tea. I like things that are busy, fast paced, go, go, go. Mm. Um, and I had been working for the company that actually did our video dance parties when I was I in remember that. <laughs> yeah. You were like the girl with the connections. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they had hired me at a high school to speak at student leadership conferences um, to talk about how to run a successful dance program because here we were, little mapped up in Salisbury and ran events that were better than high schools in Halifax, right? And they were like, wow. hey, share the success stories. So I was lucky enough to do that to help pay for university. And then when I graduated, I talked to the owner of the company and I remember Andrew saying, hey, why don't you come work for me full time, right? And I said, mm -hmm. are you kidding? Like in sales, like I don't, I'm not a used car salesperson. Like this is not for me. If people don't want it, I can't sell it. Like this is not what I can do. And then we had some other conversations. He said, Melissa, look, uh, sales, a good salesperson, it's all about building relationships. And it's about identifying, establishing, and maintaining really good relationships with your clients and solving problems. Mm. And I went, I can do that. And then I realized when I did it, holy cow, did I love it. Like that was just my cup of tea. So I started as their... Um, salesperson for Western Canada. So I had every high school, university and college from Thunder Bay West. So wow. think about wow. the map of Canada, right? Think about Thunder Bay West, 
four time zones, multiple provinces, places I had never been in my life. I had the oh, biggest wow. map of Canada on my wall and had to know where all the schools were and <laughs> talk to all these lovely folks. But man, it was it was great. Like it was uh, just my cup of tea. And I did that for um, I worked for him for several years. In fact, the company at the time was headquartered in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And then they were moving because they were Canada wide to Toronto. So that's when I packed up everything I owned, my little Volkswagen Jetta, and drove from Halifax to Toronto, the center of the universe. At least that's what everybody in Toronto likes to think. <laughs> packed up everything I owned and moved uh, moved here where the business is because, I mean, that's why most folks will move away from the East Coast, right? Because there's not a lot of jobs. We move away to get work and experience in the hopes that maybe we can go back to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I did. And I, even though I got a raise, I quickly learned that I couldn't afford a frigging cardboard box. Oh, sorry. I won't swear. I promise. <laughs> frigging um, is not swearing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, oh my goodness, this is insane. So, you know, you get yourself a roommate, you learn how to live on your own. And I was, I was 22 at the time. And wow. I look back now because I have a daughter who's 20 and I go, I can't even imagine my daughter moving out or halfway across the country at this stage in her life, but I'm sure she could, but you learn, right. And mm -hmm. you, you just pull out all the resources that you can and you, and you go with it. Um, and so I did that for a while. And then I realized um, one of my largest clients was Vancouver technical school. And after their fifth bomb threat, for a, a dance, I said, I can't do this anymore. This is mm. like, my nerves are fried. I can't, I got to find something else. And I actually ended up interviewing with the company that we um, bought the old projectors for the dances for. And at the time that company did conferences, product launches, um, different kinds of events, like press conferences. Anytime you see a screen, a projector or a microphone, those audiovisual production companies tend to be involved. Mm. So I interviewed as um, a salesperson to be on their simultaneous interpretation side. So my job was to provide equipment for events that were in multiple languages. So you could put on a headset and listen to an interpreter interpret whatever the presenter was saying in the language of your choice. Mm. Um, and I worked with that company for 22 years. Um, everything from sales to I was their sales team lead when they did their mergers and acquisitions and became a global company. At one point in my career, I actually commuted between Toronto, Montreal, and Dallas. <laughs> and that was wow. the hardest part of my career because it was right after I had my daughter as well. So I just mm. couldn't, uh, when I came back from maternity leave, I was like, I can't get on a plane every Sunday night and leave her for a week. I mean, mm. very yeah. blessed that I have a, um, a husband who's very supportive, who's also in this industry of live events. So he gets it. Um, so did that manage some sales teams and then the company just got so big um, in 2018, after they had done another merger and acquisition, they were looking at their spreadsheets and we're talking thousands of employees globally. I just became a number on the spreadsheet and I lost my job. Um, that wow. was the first of holy cow, even though my team had had a record breaking year, we were doing great events. It was, we got to cut some people and I just ended up being that cut, hmm. um, and when it's the first time when you lose your job, you go, oh my God, like this is a little overwhelming. 
But if I look back, I go, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And the reason for that is because I had only worked for one real company for a very long period of time. So although I changed jobs, that was the only culture and world that I knew. Mm. So now I kind of had to pick myself up, dust myself off and find something else. And because I had a lot of connections in the industry, I just talked to people to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I'm that was going. one of our questions. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know, ladies. I still don't know. That seems um, to be the running joke as nobody ever really figures out what they want to be when they grow up. It's just this never ending cycle of trying to figure that out. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right, Kennedy. I think you yeah. nailed it. Like, it's just one of those, you just, you know, you keep, you keep moving on. I yeah. I think, Hey, I, I ended up in what is officially known as live events and audiovisual and production but nobody goes to school and says, Hey, I want to be an AV professional. Like we all go, what the heck is that? (laughs) Like people still don't know what I do. And I go, okay, number one, I am the worst person in the world to go to a conference with um, a concert (laughs) with, or a stage doing it all wrong. (laughs) It's well, it's not so much that. And I do actually, I love going because I have a great appreciation for the folks in this world and their craft. And you can see that the people who love it genuinely love it right Mm -hmm. especially after the last couple of years where our industry was decimated because of covid right um but i can usually tell you what's going to happen before it happens so i have to keep my mouth shut so um but losing that job allowed me to find another company to go back to a smaller organization because Mm -hmm. i had left one that had uh, like i said thousands of employees around the world and i ended up at a small boutique agency where the average age of the employee was 22. And that by that point, that was how long I had been in the industry, right? So these folks had, you know, they were a little wet behind the ears, but man, were they great people to work with. So young, so energetic, loved it, like just loved it. Mm. Um, And worked with that, you know, smaller company for a little bit and then changed um, during COVID to another boutique organization. And I know Kathy, He's going to like hit me with the punch and say, (laughs) Hey, what's going on now? And, and as luck would have it, or wouldn't I, yes, just recently lost my job again, which means me looking for my next opportunity. But, uh, you know, I know there's something out there. I don't know what it is yet. And I think this gives me an opportunity to take that pause and go, okay, what are my strengths? What do I really like to do? Where am I going from here? Mm -hmm. Um, and if I've learned anything over the last two years during COVID, it's always have a backup plan, always yeah. have something else and always keep your ear to the ground. And I've been fortunate because in the last five years, I've been teaching part-time at Conestoga College. So that's, you know, that's kind of a little my fallback, I guess, if you will. What so, are you teaching there? So I'm actually teaching two courses. The one course um, that I started with is production and staging for event management students. So a lot of times when people run events, they hire event planners who are specialists in getting all the right people in the right seats to make an event happen. And I teach the production side, like what do you need to get an event um, going? Like how many screens, how many projectors, do you need lights, do you need microphones? And in the world of virtual, so in the last couple of years, I've been Mm -hmm. coaching folks with how do you use Zoom? 
How do you set up your microphone? How do you set up your internet? <laughs> I need that course. <laughs> I was going to say mom's laughing. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been pretty green about this. Thank goodness for Kennedy. <laughs> you know what? It's great. Like, and I've said, um, and I, I know people, cause I still present at conferences on technology as well. Um, I say to folks, I've learned as much from the students as they have from me, I swear, because when COVID happened, I'll never forget, I had been in the classroom right after reading week. And I said to the students, because we do a portion on risk management when it comes to events, I said, don't worry, we've lived through, like I've lived through 9-11, H1N1, SARS, like this will be a blip in the radar. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. We'll be fine. No problem. Just kidding. And- <laughs> And then it was like, oh, the dean just sent a note and all the professors get online and they're like, so, you know, that classroom you were in? Yeah, you have to take your entire curriculum, put it online, use this thing called Zoom, which, you know what, if I could go back two and a half years and invest in anything, it would be Zoom, right? right? Because we'd all be millionaires, right? Right. Right. Um, And make it happen. And what was interesting for me is the classroom kept going and the students embraced the technology, but the world of live events, which I was in full time, hit pause and said, no, 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 we're gonna wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. And I'm like, what What are you waiting for? People still have to talk to each other and communicate and mm-hmm. like get on this bus. And even now, as we're coming out of it, because events are moving back to in-person again, still uh, still a fair amount of hybrid and virtual. Um, I know here in Ontario, we're experiencing another wave of flu and everything else. So people mm-hmm. are still reluctant and their comfort levels aren't high. So you still have to know the virtual technology. Mm-hmm. And I think students and sometimes the younger generations, because they embrace it and they've done everything from gaming to Snapchat to TikTok, they get it mm-hmm. and they know how to make things work. So hire them, get them involved, get them to teach you and you can make it work. Anything, you can make anything work. You just right. have to be willing to do that. That's all. Yeah. And it's such a collaborative effort too. Like you were saying, I was just thinking while you were talking, um, I graduated in the midst of the beginnings of COVID. So the last four months or so of my college uh, time was spent at home with my teachers and the students trying to figure out how to make this work. So it was a big, um, a big adjustment, but everyone made it out somehow. So (laughs) we're here. (laughs) You made it out. Right. And I, I also look at, uh, let's say education is big business. So Mm -hmm. 75% of my students are international. They're not even Canadian. They're from India. They're from China. They're from wherever. So to learn about their lives and how they do things and the experience they bring to the table, huge because it's a global economy, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a little bit more about you, we'd like to know, um, beyond just your career and you um, being a part of the college and teaching a bit there and things like that, um, what makes you feel most inspired or like your best self? Do you have a specific hobby or things you like to do on the side that um, makes you you? (laughs) <laughs> it makes me be 
Uh, yes, yes. Let's see. Well, number one, it's, it's family. Family is a big thing for me. Um, I live on a 10 acre hobby farm with my oh, husband, wow. my daughter. Um, and we did for a time and actually he's back home right now. We have a sponsored son, Duncan, who's from Vietnam. So wow. he's currently nice. at Mount Allison and Harmony, my daughter is at McMaster university. So family is a, is a big thing, even though we're small we're I mean I don't have a lot of kids but we're you know very invested in each other mm -hmm. and then the animals um it, it's all about mother nature and being outside for me it always has been like I feel much more grounded and more myself when I can be with the animals and I have been an avid equestrian so horseback rider for mm -hmm. to say like 40 years but it's wow. been <laughs> it's been that long um <laughs> And we, we purchased the farm 10 years ago because I was spending so much time out where the horses were boarded that I didn't get enough opportunity to spend as much time with the family as I wanted to. So we just decided, why don't we take that money and we'll just invest it in having the animals in the backyard and God love him. Um, I'm not sure my city husband who grew up without a lawn <laughs> in like North End Halifax knew what he was getting into when we got the farm. But now we're, you know, two cats, two dogs, three horses, two tractors. Wow. Um, no day is like another. Um, in fact, the year we we purchased the farm and we moved in. Uh, we moved in at the end of the summer. By the next spring, I was about ready to put the for sale sign at the end of the driveway because we had endured the um, ice storm with no power for five days. And when you live on a rural property, um, I think you can relate where you are, but people in Ontario still don't get it. Like mm. they're, they're like, oh, you're on a rural property, but you still have everything. No, no, no. You lose power. You don't have water. You mm -hmm. don't have lights. Like you need a generator. Like yeah. you can't flush the toilets. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you learn a lot about yourself and uh, what you want to do. And I have a great deal of respect for, like I said, the animals, mother nature. And just when you think you got it, gosh, she'll just like, she'll hit you with something else. And it's like, oh, now I have to be really creative again. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, um, at the beginning of the, I start every day with the animals because we have chores to do and right. end the day with the animals as well at night check. And I think that was probably the saving grace for all of us during COVID is because you have to get up, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's mm -hmm. no holiday unless like, unless we bring somebody in to stay on the farm, like there's no holiday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I really appreciate your positive outlook on everything too, up until this point, like, unless you're just fooling us, but you, <laughs> you have a really great positive outlook with everything um, when it comes to your hobby farm, like you said, and um, COVID and how that got you out of bed in the morning and your your progression with your jobs and where you've been and not been and losing your job but you're seeing it as an opportunity like that's really great thank you Kennedy it's you know what I'm not going to say that every day is easy it's not there have been yeah. moments in the last few weeks and even the last few years I'll fully admit to wanting to crawl up in a ball and just mm -hmm. not talk to anybody see anything do anything and then you get up and you go okay one foot in front of the other right. like you you know I truly believe we only get handed 
what we can deal with. And mm-hmm. sometimes there are, there are points where you go, I'm not so sure I can deal with this. <laughs> like yeah. this is like yeah. the end of my rope. Yeah. Um, but you can, like you find a way and maybe it's just a way to try and shake things up a little bit. So you realize that you're stronger than you think you were. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. What were you going to say, mom? I was going to ask Melissa what uh, the most important thing is that you've learned in your life so far. Ah, go with your gut, go with your gut always. Um, I don't think I realized when I was younger, how important emotional intelligence is Mm -hmm. and that not everybody has it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but those of us who do need to learn to embrace it and trust it because anytime I've gone against what my, you know, that pit, the feeling in the pit of my stomach was saying, yeah, yeah, I know it. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that was the worst decision ever because I didn't listen to me who actually Mm -hmm. knew. And yeah, that's it. So, you know, no, regardless of where you are and what stage of your life you're at, listen to yourself because you know you better than anybody else. Right. And at the end of the day, you have you and that's all you have no matter what. So putting you first is important. It's easier said than done though. (laughs) Oh, Kennedy, I think you nailed it, right? Putting yourself first. And I love the fact that you say that because Mm. hearing folks who are uh, younger than me saying that means that they're hearing it and hopefully they're doing it. Because I think if I go back, I was not putting myself first for sure. And even I find myself doing that today Mm -hmm. because one of my strengths is coaching and helping other people. So I've always been the cheerleader behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And then people go, oh, you did that? Yeah, yeah, I did that. But I didn't, you know, stand on a rooftop and tell the whole world. Um, But yeah. You need to put yourself first. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I mean, I struggle with that in different ways too. Just it made me think of when you were saying that um, it's hard to put yourself first in situations where you also want to see other people thrive. So you struggle with this. I'm going to help this person and get them to a position or a spot where they're feeling their best self. And then suddenly you've realized you've put yourself on the back burner. It's so easy to do that. It is. It's so easy to do. Although I, I still, you know, I think about things and go, okay, so I, I do believe karma. It happens. It comes around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it takes longer than we want it to sometimes, <laughs> but it does. Um, and being a principled individual, like sticking to your beliefs is very important. So maybe people don't know the full story right away, but I think down the road, it'll come out that you stuck to your guns. You stood by what you your belief system and that's mm-hmm. important and that's, that's big yeah 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 it sure yeah. is yeah so do you have um we just have a couple more little questions to learn a bit more about you um what is your biggest regret or failure or is there one that you can think of <sighs> yeah not drawing boundaries earlier like mm. um and understanding that the word no can be a complete sentence. Right. (laughs) That's a big one. It's a big one. Uh, Struggle with that today. And I struggle with, you know, because I'm a people pleaser and I want to help everybody. Sometimes I take on more than I should. 
And I think a lot of folks struggle with that. So drawing that, that boundary and it's okay. It's yes, okay to walk away. Absolutely. And drawing that boundary because you, you don't want to, it's funny again, like we put ourselves in situations where we would rather see ourselves uncomfortable rather than making someone else uncomfortable. So trying those boundaries are big. And again, easier said than done for sure. Sure. And you know what, if I could go out on a limb, I almost think, um, and I don't say this often, but I say this a fair amount. I believe um, trying to make people comfortable and being people pleasers is when I look at the country is more an East coast thing yeah. than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and, and, and I've been in Ontario for, oh gosh, almost 30 years now. And they have no problem telling you how it is and drawing their boundaries. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think maybe we could like learn from each other. They can soften a little bit and we can try <laughs> up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yes. That's really neat. I really, really appreciate your level of honesty and candidness in being just who you are and presenting even the imperfect parts of you. That was the last question we have. What is it in your mind that, I mean, you've shared a lot, but uh, is there one thing in particular that makes you imperfect? I knew you were going to ask me this one. And this is a tough question because yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a great question because it's, you know, your podcast, right. And Mm when I first saw the name of the podcast, I went, that's fantastic. It's true. Cause we're all imperfect and we need yeah. to embrace that. Mm. Um, so when I think about me, I think about, I'm really good at coaching. I love it. I love teaching. I think, um, if I go back in time and I go, my best professors were the ones that lived it and could bring it back to the classroom. And that's what I do today. So I really love that but I'm imperfect because I really struggle with taking my own advice sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm really good at dishing it out. Sometimes I just have to put that little sticky note on my monitor and go, you need to listen to this yourself. I think we're all that way. I was actually Kennedy and I were having a discussion the other day and I said, you know, here I am studying natural medicine and all these modalities that I can use to help other people. And, you know, my, my list is pretty significant and But meanwhile, I'll sit there on the couch and go, my leg hurts. I'm not sure what, and I have, I have the skills, you know, if it was Kennedy, I'd be like, well, let me check that out for you. (laughs) You know, I got a little this and a little that, you know, and, uh, but me, I'm like, "Uh, you know, (laughs) what should I do about this leg? You know, so so definitely what you're saying is it's true. eh? Yeah. It is. Yeah. I have to give myself reminders, like write myself the little stickies, take a moment, take a step back. And then, yeah. Well, and yeah. sticky notes are a great reminder too. It's, and it's good that you use them because that's a whole other layer of my issue is, okay, well, I have to go buy the sticky notes to write the notes down to then remind myself to do these things. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a whole process in my head, but it's great that you've uh, implemented that something I can work on for myself for sure. But like mom said, it seems that, and a lot of people that we've talked to so far and just discussions we have with people in our regular life, it seems that everyone's putting on this mask of, I've got everything figured out. 
and nobody's got it figured out. And why aren't we being honest about that? Because we put on this front that makes everyone else feel like they're inadequate. So anyway, but, uh, Oh, heck no. We don't all have it figured out. Nobody has it figured <laughs> Seems out. Seems like nobody like, has it figured no. out. <laughs> we all just pretend out. or a lot of us pretend that we have it figured out. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're all kind of, you know, living behind the, the screen, hoping nobody else figures it out. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. right. It's like that iceberg, right? Like you only ever see the tip. But underneath the water, there's mm-hmm. so, so much more. And that's, oh, yeah. you know, it's so much more going so on. So much and more to the story. Yeah. If they tell you they've got it figured out, those are the people you really got to stay away from. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to your gut. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. Because yeah. they just, they don't have it. No, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, there's so much going on. And and like I say, like all of us bring something to the table. Um, we all know a little bit about something, but you put us all together and people can do so much more. Right. And I think it's just, you have to realize that everybody brings something to the table. Everybody comes from different backgrounds. Everybody can help each other. And what you see on the surface, like the socials and, and I get it. I've spent the last few years taking companies and making them brand leaders. Right. I don't ever show their imperfections. Does it mean mm-hmm. they don't have any? Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> Just like I do, but I'm not going to show the world all of that. But I think sometimes we need to. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. definitely. Well, well, thank you so much, Melissa, for taking the time. I know you and mom had that small connection from high school, but I was looking forward to speaking with you um, just in what mom has told me about you. And again, we really appreciate your positive outlook with everything um, and seeing everything as an opportunity. And like you said, as you were telling your story, it seems that in everyone's life, I mean, everyone has to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So it's interesting how we don't see the downfalls in life as an opportunity for something else. So that's really, really great. And we appreciate that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, to all our viewers, we will see you next Monday. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks. If you or someone you know has a unique story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at theimperfectpodcast at outlook.com. For more information and how to connect with us on social media, you can visit us at our website, theimperfectpodcast.ca. And from whichever platform you are listening to this episode, be sure to like, share, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you all find that extra joy and embrace your own imperfect. See you next week. week.